What up, though? It's the TD Fantasy. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Money is the theme again. Money is the theme again. Money is the theme of the week, and hopefully this leads to me making lots of money in Las Vegas. But Aaron Donald got paid. Guys, let's just quickly react to this before we get into some defensive prop bets and some other props in the NFL this season. Jake, I'll let you go first. Thoughts on Aaron Donald and his contract he received? Well-deserved. Best defensive player in football. I don't think it's even close. He's an absolute nightmare to play. He's undersized. It doesn't make a lot of sense for a defensive tackle, but he's just an absolute freak. He's been great for that team. He's a leader of that team. He's been an absolute animal since they were in St. Louis and he's a rookie, whatever. Good on you. To my point of going back to Cleo Mack and the Raiders, like I'm just like, look at the Rams. They paid a lot of guys. Yeah, no. Brandon Cook's deal is big. Yeah. Yeah. They have a salary cap. It works. Yeah. Pay your players and keep your best players. Good on you, man. I think it's well-deserved. It's a giant contract. For sure. It's damn near quarterback money. Yeah, I mean, $87 million guaranteed. But, but if, if you're best defensive player and you have a quarterback on a rookie contract, mm-hmm. we talk about all the time, one of the biggest ways to make a run at the Super Bowl is have a rookie quarterback contract. Yep. And then when that changes, you lose five or six starters. For so sure. In the meantime, you've just locked up your best defensive player. And listen, they could be on a Super Bowl run. I mean, yeah. they're hoping that this team in the next two seasons, while Jared Goff is on a rookie contract, makes a run at a Super Bowl with an elite defense that they've continued to make better in the offseason. And that's where this money comes from. And, and teams have gotten smart about how they handle the salary cap, too. Yeah. Like, I looked at the cap number. They said it's only going to go up a little over $2 million per year for Aaron Donald. If you're really, really good at what you do, it makes sense. But you go back to Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, win it with a quarterback rookie contract. Carson Wentz, yeah, he wasn't the quarterback, but they got there because of him. Yeah. You can make a run if you draft the right guy, pay the other guys, and support them like you should. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good recipe like, for I success. I guess my point with the Raiders is they already gave Carr all the money, but that contract's actually kind of low now, three, two, three years later. It's not that big a deal. There should be plenty to pay other guys. But, man, that's an awesome deal for Aaron Donald. great for the Rams. That defensive line is – I don't even know how you put a game good plan luck. against Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald next to each other craziness now and, you, and adding another corner I mean that's just I don't know that no their defense really if it stays healthy is record-breaking potential from a the, the good news standpoint. for them too is you know he's one of those guys that's going to come in in shape yeah it doesn't need a lot of football to go wreak havoc and just kill offensive line so no. he's going to be able to play there's not going to be any rust there's not going to be any no he hasn't been shape. sitting around no no he hasn't been sitting you know, around. some defensive tackles you might worry about him you're, you're <laughs> not he's damn near got abs at 300 pounds yeah that's for sure all right let's get into the first prop bet here and this is defensive rookie of the year the favorite bradley chubb at plus 400 uh roquan smith right behind him tremaine Edmonds behind him uh jamie i'll let you go first who are your pick or who is your pick this year for defensive rookie of the year? It's going to be boring. It's the favorite. I think it's Bradley Chubb. He thinks it's a great situation. He's opposite of Von Miller. I think he's going to. You're going to need to put up sack totals to win this award. It's really tough for a DB to win this award. It's really tough for an inside interior defensive lineman to win this award. You're going to have to kind of be a pass rusher to get it, or just such an elite corner that people can't deny you. Yeah. Uh, to me, it just it's got to be Chubb. which is really hard to do as a rookie. Yes, yeah. uh, I put Chubb as well, but I'll make a case for Tremont Edmonds. 
he's going to have 140 tackles, 150 tackles. Apparently he's that kind of guy. Like from day one, he walked in the locker room, owned the locker room. He's the defensive leader. He's calling the signals. Like he apparently he's like sits in the corner by himself at lunch and studies nonstop. Like this dude is just an animal. He's phenomenal at Virginia Tech. I can see that Roquan, of course, both those guys are going to be 140, 150 tackle guys if they stay healthy. That puts you in the conversation. Now, how much they get to blitz, and to Jamie's point, you got to put up sacks, so that's why I put Chubb there. I think he's probably the leader. Yeah, if Roquan does big things in Chicago and there's a lot of hype for that's, that That's defense, the thing for him is you're in the hype, the hype train of Chicago yeah. and being a middle linebacker for the Bears could, it, could win you the, the That award. could win him the award if he puts up ridiculous numbers because he's in hype train, Bill, And he should. Chicago. He's a 12 to 15 tackle a game kind of guy. Yeah, and defensive rookie of the year doesn't necessarily mean you are the most impactful rookie on your team. I no. mean, if you think about team needs, Jair Alexander for the Packers might end up being one that for helps sure. his team the most because of their deficiency at DB. But that, absolutely. you're not going to win that award as a DB. Like, no. you have to be Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, no. That's, and he didn't. And he didn't. And he didn't. And <laughs> so. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, odds to win the defensive player of the year. Tied up at the top, J.J. Watt. Plus 600. Joey Bosa, plus 600. Aaron Donald, plus 600. Right behind him, Khalil Mack at plus 750. Jake, I know you got some interesting thoughts on this one, so I'll let you go first and your thoughts on Defensive Player of the Year. You could make a case for all those guys. I, I think J.J. Watt's a little overhyped for a guy that hasn't played at all really in two years. Phenomenal player. We all we all love him as a person and a player, but I don't think he should be in that category to he stays healthy. Uh, Aaron Donald, I think, is going to be a, a really – high one up there. Yeah. I put Khalil Mack. I don't think Khalil Mack's going to play in week one. I right. think he's going to get traded. And I think he's going to, we're going to talk about him on Monday, Monday next year, getting paid as he well deserves and should. I just think he is so talented. He gets in the right situation. Even if he comes back to the Raiders, I think he's got a chance to win defense day MVP. But I, I, I kind of thought about that when I was like, that would be a, a really big story to, to miss a week or two and still put up the numbers to be able to win that award. And the fact that he's right there with those other guys mentioned and he's not even in camp yeah, is uh, speaks to his talent. I guess it depends on you saying if he gets traded, the situation, if he ends up in a really good situation opposite somebody else, maybe better than a Raiders situation. Because the Raiders situation, he's clearly far and away the best guy. If he goes into another situation where he has better guys around him, he can really show out. I mean, he's been linked to pretty much every team at this yeah. point because every team would love Khalil Mack. Every team would love to have him. Every team would, would want to pay him what he deserves. For sure. No other team in the league would have an issue with what the Raiders are having an issue with. Except we, John Gruden. Yep. Jamie, Crazy. your thoughts on John Gruden. Uh, I think my <laughs> thoughts on John Gruden are pretty well documented at this point. But, yeah. I mean, again, Khalil Mack clearly has a talent. You just wonder how much time he's going to miss. I think that's the only question you sure. have. I don't worry about the talent. I'm going with Joey Bosa. I think I, I'm really high on the Chargers this year. I think he's going to have a breakout year. Ten and a half sacks as a rookie, 12 and a half last year. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay on the field for 16 games to win this award. But I really like his talent. Yeah, I think we all like the Chargers defense, and we all really like Joey Bosa. I think that tandem in, in L.A. is absolutely ridiculous. You, you can't double-team either side. No. So you're getting a lot of – you might have some chips, but are you chipping to Melvin Ingram's side or are you chipping to Bosa's side? One of those guys Look. is going to be running free a lot of times. I, and that's a, that's a good one to pick, too. A dark horse for me, if you go down the board a little bit, Miles Garrett, just because he's going to flash. I mean, he is going to be – you're going to know when he is making a big play. I think that does matter uh, as the season goes along. No. He's an absolute freak if he's healthy. And he had injury concerns going back to A&M, but that's, another, that's a good one. I don't know if that, that's really a dark horse. That defense we, we talked about the other day. Yeah. I love that defense. Greg Williams is going to put him in positions to blitz off the other side that you can't roll double teams to him. 
Hell, that dude's a monster. Man, yeah, he's, he's a monster. Freak. Yeah, he's a monster. His only problem for him is that he plays on the Browns. To Jamie's point about the rookie games. of the year and the MVP, it really goes back to the same kind of guys. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's defensive yeah. linemen that put up big sacks or outside linebackers that, that put up big sack totals. I mean, it's really – Only shot you have. Yeah. I mean, like Patrick Peterson was in the conversation in years past – Tyron Matthew was in conversation. Ty had Ty had sacks and Ty had yeah. all that team. kind of stuff. Yeah. Patrick, you didn't even throw at. He didn't have the numbers. He was just so good. But I mean, yeah. you can be that good. And you're never going to win it like that. No, these, these, are, these are the guys that, that win these awards, like quarterbacks and, and the MVP. It's that so is. hard to be a running back or anybody else and actually win it over a quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, who will be coach of the year in 2018? Uh, the leading candidate here is Sean McVay, followed right behind him with Matt Nagy. Behind him, Doug Peterson, and then a pretty big drop-off for Anthony Lynn, Bill Belichick, Pat Shermer. Uh, so the leading candidates there, Sean McVay and Matt Nagy. Y'all know where I'm hoping it goes. Where do you guys think it's going to go? I'm going with Mike Zimmer. Ooh, okay. Well, Mike Zimmer gets a lot of credit with Pat Shermer being gone of what he's going to do with that team this year. I'm high on the Vikings. I think they're going to be really, really good. Uh, new quarterback, had some turnover, very stable guy. Really good coach. Does I, I don't think he gets anywhere near the credit that he's due. It deserves. Uh, so I went a little bit off the board with that one. And I like it. I, I think it's going to be – it's a regular season award, keep in yeah. mind. It has nothing to do with the playoffs or how deep you go. I think their regular season records will be really good. I think he's going to be right there. I'm going to go with Sean McVay because I think the NFC at the very top, they're going to cannibalize each other a little bit. I think the Packers and the Vikings, their schedules are both really brutal in the regular season. and They're both playoff teams, but I think it's going to depress their win totals a bit. I don't think the Eagles are going to be a 13-plus win team because I don't know not who's starting first, quarterback. Not, yeah, not with their first eight uh, games. You know, uh, the NFC South is really good, but uh, I think the Falcons are going to be good because of their schedule more than their actual talent. Yeah. I think the Rams are just going to be good, and I think if they're going to run away with that division, I think, by multiple games, and I think it's going to be really obvious how good they are. Sean McVay will get that award. I, I like that pick, but it's going to be it's going to be really good or it's not. Yeah. And a lot of it's going to be on him. Yeah. And it goes back to my point all the time about defenses, defensive coordinators. And they've now seen this little muddle huddle thing that they did last yeah, year and how they're sure. going to defend yeah. it. And he's got new weapons. If he is the offensive genius that I'm starting to believe that he is and he looked like last year, they could, he could run off with this award. Yeah. The, the thing for him is his defense is going to be so damn good that that offense with Todd Gurley, they're not going to have to do that much to look amazing. Because the defense, if they play up to their caliber. And he is a really, yeah. really bright guy that's going to yeah. get unique looks. And you have that's, Wade Phillips on the other side. So he didn't even have to exactly pay attention right. to the defense. Yeah. yeah, he didn't even have to go over there. He's no. not going in meetings. He's calling. No, you know, he's, he's walking like, into Wade and be like, what do, we, what do we got? Yeah. The okay, two, cool. Do your thing. Exactly. The two concerns you have is now this is a team for the first time with real expectations. Yes. How do they handle that? Yeah, in L.A. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not surprised. I'm not anybody. even so much sure in L.A. I don't know if that matters as much in the NFL. I don't think It'll matter to the hype that he gets for being the young superstar coach. They're not at USC. Yeah. I, mean, I know TMZ is is following him and his girlfriend to whatever beach they go to. Yeah. But they're still not USC. And two, you haven't played anybody this preseason. No. None of your players have played. Yeah, so either going to look like a genius or an idiot. So, that said, I think they're going to come out rusty the first couple yeah. of games. I think so, they'll still win. But do you start off one and two? Do you start off with slowly? I mean, that's going to matter in this. I think they're way too talented, even if they're they rusty, should. to start off one yeah. and two. Yeah, but that's unless there's significant injuries. That if they come up and put up forty and four hundred fifty yards of offense in week one, and nobody plays, <laughs> yeah, then yeah, he's, yeah, he just jumped way to the top of the list. Yeah, for sure. All A right. dark horse for this would be Mike yeah. Tomlin. I just okay. I think the Steelers have the best record in the AFC. Yep. I think them and the Patriots both thirteen win teams, uh, and Belichick's never winning this award. No. No. So uh, Mike Tomlin could be a dark horse for that because he's really good value. I, th- I thought about that one too. 2,200. 
Yeah. Ooh, I so like that's that good value one. for a team I think is going to win 13 games. Yeah. yeah, and be the best team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. If that happens, there's a good chance that Mike Tomlin could be that guy. All right, uh, we talked about the positive. Let's talk about the negative because this award, we're going to know it's not technically an award. It's something that's going to happen throughout the season, and it's probably going to happen halfway through the season or maybe earlier than that, and that is who will be the first head coach fired in the 2018 season. I'm sure you guys are not surprised. The leading candidate here is Hugh Jackson, followed behind Dirk Cutter, Adam Gase, Vance Joseph. Those are all guys we've talked about, specifically Adam Gase, Vance Joseph. Their jobs were on the line last season, so it could get ugly quickly for those teams. Jake, I'll let you go first here. Who is the guy you're looking at and saying, yeah, that's going to be the guy? I'm going with Gase, and I think it could happen by Thanksgiving. Okay. That team is going to be bad. Yeah, they're really I bad. They, they were not great last year. He had a ton of, of heat on him, as you just mentioned. They got worse through free agency, the draft. I mean, they did not get better. No, and they're going to struggle. And that division, they're the worst team in the division. He's already got the heat, and you have an owner in Ross that's a high-profile guy that he wants Miami to be New York and to have the New York, Chicago, LA feel and media, and it's not. And it's never going to be. No, and it's it's be, and the owners that meddle that much are dumpster fire organizations mm-hmm. for the most part. They don't hire good people and let them do their job. So he's one of those guys that's a little bit of a hothead that I can see popping off and firing Gase by Thanksgiving. Not I, smart. I agree. Gase is, is my favorite here as well. Here's why. Dirk Carter's going to get a pass because they're going to say James, James Winston yeah. suspended. But it wouldn't matter. The team sucks with or without James Winston. But he's going to get a pass for that. I think the Broncos are going to be good enough to okay. at least, if they're going to make a coaching change, they might do it after the season. Um, I think Hugh Jackson's always feels like the obvious one, like we're just deciding which coordinator is going to take his job at some point. But I want to throw out – oh, before I get off this, off Gase, there's a very real chance that that's the worst team in the NFC East. There's a very – I'm not sure that team is better than the Jets. No. They're not better than the Jets. I don't, and I don't think they're better than Buffalo yeah. with Allen playing quarterback and a beat-up offensive so line. So that team could be in a kind of a blah division, aside from the Patriots. That could be the worst team. And for the offensive genius, I don't think that offense is going to be – all that compelling, especially if they continue to give. I will say that I like Adam Gase as a coach, and I think he is yeah. a really good offensive coach. Be great and I think it'd be someone. great for his career to go back to being an off- you know, offense coordinator in a good situation with a, with a good quarterback. Yeah, and kind of build his brand back up. He got that job a little early. He got the job a little early, and to your point, when owners meddle in situations, it's never good. It never ends up being good. And 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 this is this is across sports, but it seems more specifically in the major four, that this happens in the NFL a lot. And it never, ever, ever turns out well. I'll give give my dad credit, who was on the Gottlieb show the other day and really made a a great point that we've talked about before. But it is so vitally important for an owner, a GM, and a head coach to be on the same page and to have enough time to not only be on the same page, to get the type of players that you want to coach, to be in your organization, and to build that that way. And – it's getting harder and harder to have the relationship my dad and Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell had where dad and Steve ran football. Michael ran the business side. He checked in on everything and he didn't meddle and left it all alone. It was a great situation. Those two guys saw things very similarly, mm-hmm. built the team the way that they wanted and had a lot of success. When you have owners that meddle and they want to fire a GM or they want to fire a personnel guy or they want to fire a coach, you can't ever get on the same page. No. You got players from two coaches ago in some of these situations that are for still sure. playing for the third coach later. There's no chance to win like that. No, too much ego in one room. Okay. That's that's the scenario we're playing out and how this works. And the reality is good leadership hires good people, not yes men, 
to lead organizations. And they trust them. And they trust them. And, and you give them the time only, to do their job. Exactly. And that is the only scenario that plays out where you think that, I mean, any scenario, college football, NFL specifically, that's the only way this exists and works long term. And you can, there are plenty of examples. Jamie, I want you to talk about your dark horse. Yeah, there's though. another name I want to throw out here. It's J Group. And I think I think their Ooh, expectations in Washington one. are a little bit higher than I think their talent level is. Another crazy think, meddling owner that doesn't uh, mind making a splash. And I yeah. think that's a three or four win team as we go back to our team total podcast, which you can listen to in the archives. That team is going to be significantly worse than I think a lot of people think they are. They won seven games last year. I think people think they're going to be hanging around that seven or eight wins. I think they're far worse, and they could have a really rough start to the season. Their mind that they should be the same team they were last year, and I think that could be a coach that gets at plus 1,600 gets axed fairly early on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's another meddling owner, like you said. Snyder gets involved in a lot of personnel decisions, and have the Redskins been good lately? No. And you've had some not. GM turnover in the last couple of years of guys – getting forced out leaving that weird, yeah, that that a, weird, yeah. that weird yeah. situation and who actually is the guy now and who's involved and who's running football ops and who's running business stuff. It's Ugly. Exactly. Ugly. Not, not a well-run organization again. Uh, let's talk about something fun, not firing coaches. Let's talk about Super Bowl odds. So I am sure that you two will not, or and the listeners, will not be surprised to hear that the New England Patriots are the what? favorite in Vegas, uh, because they're the Patriots, and until they drop off, they're going to continue to be the favorites. As long as Tom Brady's there and Bill Belichick's there, that's pretty much all we need to talk about, right? I don't think there's much more to that. Followed quickly behind them is the LA Rams that we've talked about, the Eagles from last year, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, and then a drop off to the New Orleans Saints. So, Jamie, I'll let you go first here. Who is your Who's the favorite for you? And then maybe give us a little dark horse candidate as well. So I'm I'm going to be all in on the Rams train. Okay, you're uh, all in. Going to be my pick, and I think a big reason why is again I'm go- going back to the schedule I put together in my head where where teams are going to be placed. I think Minnesota is going to have to go on the road in the postseason. I think they're going to have to play the entire postseason on the road, which is going to be difficult for them. Yep. I think the Rams have all of the pieces on offense and defense to be a Super Bowl team in the NFC. They have all the pieces. Do they put it all together? Do they stay healthy? But to me, it's I don't think to me, I think they can they're gonna host a lot of teams coming in. They could have the best record. I think I had them as the best record in the NFC. I think that's a big advantage, even though they're they don't have a huge home field advantage, just no. not having to go on the road into Lambeau or yeah. into it's Minnesota or you know, or into Philadelphia, and I for think, example. And I think they know that. I think you have to know that and you have to be aware of that because listen, nobody, but especially Sunshine, California, L.A. Rams do not want to leave L.A. and fly into Lambeau in January. I can assure you they don't want to do that. Or play in Minnesota that although it's in an indoor stadium, it is one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. They do not want to do any of those things. They do not want to go cross country to play in the Dome in New Orleans. They do not want to do any of those things. They don't, but that team will travel well if they're going to run it like I think they're going to run it. And that defense. And that's the thing to me is I'm looking at But I agree with what you're saying. To me, it's them in Minnesota. I yeah. think there. And I think if, if the Rams are playing that game at home, because I'm trying to look at how these match up, I think the Rams have the potential. They can run with New Orleans Dolphins. I agree. They're not quite as good, but they can run with them. Yeah. But that defense in LA is a lot better than the defense in 100%. I think the same, apply that exactly to Green Bay as well. Yeah. Although I think their offense is better. Even though they don't have Aaron Rodgers, they have better everywhere else. Yeah, I agree with that as so, well. So, I mean, so my concern is what defense can match up with them? What defense can really give them a hard time yeah, and just keep Minnesota. them in the game? It's Minnesota. And to me, I think Minnesota's going to have to go on the road going into LA. Yeah, I think if those two teams were playing in the playoffs, whoever the home team is, is the team I'm picking. 
That's that's Kirk the way. Cousins against his old uh, his old coordinator. Yeah, I, I am on fun. board with all of that until we get to the point where they played last year and it is not a good matchup for the Rams. Yeah, the Vikings defense is better than the Rams. The Vikings offense could be better than the Rams, and it was not pretty last year when they played. No. That defense destroyed the Rams. I've got the Vikings and the Steelers in the Super Bowl, and the Vikings winning the Super Bowl. I like that. I don't think that the AFC goes through New England anymore. I don't think they're going to be the one seed. I don't think they're going to host the home AFC championship. I think the Steelers are. I think the Steelers' road to get there is going to be pretty easy, but that's not a good matchup for the Steelers either. Because that Their offense is going to be really, really good. We've talked about it. It'll be top three if they don't lead the league. But it's not a good matchup against that Minnesota defense, and the Steelers' defense is not a good matchup against that Vikings' offense. Yeah. So I, I agree that it's going to really come down to the Vikings and the Rams both of which I really like. I love the Rams. I just go back to that game last year. It's not a really good matchup. And the Vikings travel as well as anybody. Not That's fan right. base. That way that team is built yeah. is going to travel. So they got to go to L.A. and it's 65 degrees in the Coliseum in January. Yeah. That doesn't bother them at all. That's like a damn spring vacation for getting out of Minnesota where it's negative 30, where they do have a great home field advantage. Either way... I like that. I'm not picking the home team. I'm taking, I think the Vikings have a, a significant matchup advantage against the Rams going back to that game last year. Yeah, and my my one concern is seeing what happened when they had to play Philadelphia last year in the playoffs because that was it, it fell apart pretty quickly for yeah. that for that offense. And yeah. I know that it's different, but I got to see it. And I also got to see Kirk Cousins be elite because we talk about Kirk Cousins being elite. But I haven't seen it in the postseason. But he's been better than Casey. Like <laughs> For to, sure. To me, their, their, their passing game and their running game both got better. 100%. But to, to give some credit to Case Keenum, he played about as perfectly as you could play oh, no, throughout that season perfect. last year. Spectacular. Yeah, no, Spectacular. He was good. So for me, in the postseason, and golf as well. Like it's You can look on paper and go, yeah, they can hang with Drew Brees. But Drew Brees has done it. And I've seen Drew Brees do it. And I've seen Drew Brees win a Super Bowl. I haven't seen Jared Goff perform in the postseason. I haven't seen Kirk Cousins perform in a big postseason moment. It's a big deal. It's a big difference talking about it and applying it. So I think for me, I'm picking the Saints. I love the Saints. I, I, think, I love them. That was kind of I, a dark horse one. That's my dark horse candidate. I think it's it, – listen, New England's New England. I, I That's the easy pick. I think the Steelers – I'm with Jake. I think the Steelers win, and I think they get to the Super Bowl this year. But I think any team coming out of the NFC is going to be – healthy and stronger defensively than the Pittsburgh Steelers are. And I think that's not going to match up for them. Well. Really any AFC team. Jacksonville I like a lot, yeah. Yeah. but I don't think that offense is going to be anywhere near as explosive no. enough to hang, sure. to hang with New England or Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think they can go in there and win. And they, they prove that they can travel. Yeah. Um, I just like the NFC has a lot more top tier talent. Well, that's well-rounded. What more exactly more well-rounded. Yeah. The Saints, I really like that offense, depending on where it has to go. Could struggle. We always talk sure. about how much Absolutely. I think of Sean Payton and, and and that, but I don't. I don't think that defense. They're not as well rounded as the Rams no. or the Vikings. And but I, I like that team, and they could get hot. And yeah. Drew Brees has done that's, it. As to your point, and that's what I'm assuming. And it's a dark horse. It's not one that, of the top teams. That's a team that needs to win the division. I don't think they yes. do. I agree. Because my concern is I can't see New Orleans winning three road games against Super Bowl. I, just, I can't see it. I can't see them going into no. Minnesota. No. I can't see no. them going into. No. I don't even know if going into. Atlanta see, I've got the Vikings winning the division, where you have the Packers winning yeah. the division. So I have, I have, I have them getting a home game. Yeah. So you're exactly right. I mean, the Saints got to go to Lambeau. Yeah, to Lambeau or to Minnesota yeah. or to LA. I mean, or Philly I mean, later on, like yeah. in the second so round, just like, away from Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. For I mean, sure. Which concern me, but that offense is. I mean, that offense could be stupid. And yeah. you, ha- you have an elite offensive 
genius coach. Yeah. yeah. With, a coach it, with that's, more weapons, you know what to do. Has done that's, it as well. That's a coach that's, that's taken them all the way. And coach, that's you, my and point. we all talk about coach quarterback combos. They've been there and done it together. Exactly. It's, it's hard not and that's, to like and that. And that's where I give that's a slight edge. Yes. You like McVay and he's the the sexy name. Yeah, okay. McVay like he's not Sean Payton. No. He's not. No, not yet. He's not yet. Yeah. And it's not close. Yet. And that, that kind of goes back to my one question about the Vikings, who I, I like I just picked him. Yeah. Yeah, new offensive coordinator, first time ever calling plays. Another thing. With a quarterback that he wasn't with. Is there a learning curve there? Or do they are they so talented that it doesn't matter? They might be. Because I think on most learn. most plays and most scripts and a good offensive staff, you're gonna be okay. But when it comes down to real situational football, are Zim and he on the same page of how they're gonna call that situational in the fourth quarter to win? That could be a transition. That's the one thing that that's a step behind New Orleans on. Yeah. It's probably a step behind LA on. Yeah. The, the Chargers are one other team we throw out there that, I, that, that I could that get team. really, really I, hot. I, I thought about the problem is, is I think I think Steelers are one seed, Patriots are two seed. I think the Chargers have a really good chance to be three. I can't see them going into New England and then into Pittsburgh and yeah. win both of those. That's the problem. Games. Although I love Phillip Rivers on the I road, do. that I, team's going to travel well. For sure, they got to stay healthy, which we talked about. Healthy. But they have a top five yeah. defense and a top five offense and, an, and an elite quarterback. I want to do it. I yeah. really do, but I just, I just can't. I just can't see the Chargers beating both teams. I have Pittsburgh as my AFC. I not just think not that, only that, that I'm good. I'm not ready to dethrone Brady and Roethlisberger and pick another team. I'm just not. They, so, those two teams are too talented, and those two quarterbacks are too good for me to pick anybody else, unless there's significant injuries. But I think when healthy, the Chargers could be a team that that's worth it. The problem yeah. with Jacksonville, and it's awesome as that defense was, and it was a team built to win in that situation, was when push came to shove, their offense couldn't handle it. Yeah. And quite, quite frankly, their offensive play calling couldn't handle it. That's, that's exactly that right. Team, and if it could, I'm not sure their quarterback yeah. could have handled the right play calling yeah. to get it there. That team tuck its, tucked its tail between its legs in the second half of that AFC Championship game like I haven't seen in some time. Yeah. And they lost that football game. For sure. And they don't have enough talent at the quarterback position, as Jake said, or at the receivers, to make that happen. Mm-hmm. They have an awesome running back. They have an awesome defense. Yep. Problem is, is there's all the really And a really good offensive team. line. Yeah. And they're going to pound you, and they're going to beat you up. And they'll travel well in the playoffs. Yeah. They can beat anybody, but to me, you look at the Chargers, if they're healthy, that defense isn't that far behind Jacksonville. It's no. behind them. No. It's not that far behind them. No. That offense is light years ahead. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I, we all have all made good points. I could see any of the any of the following. I am going to stick with the Steelers in the AFC, but the NFC is so wide open. There's yeah. so many good teams. I just like I, I like the value of going and picking up a team like New Orleans and hoping they get hot at the right time and you have a couple of home games where they're going to have a huge advantage playing in the dome. Yeah, crazy thing with AFC is I can't see a scenario that we didn't talk about. Yeah, Jacksonville could make a run. Yes, there are four teams. The Chargers could make a run. Yeah. Yes, the favorites are the Steelers and, the and New England. I can't see anybody else in the AFC. Yeah, changing that scenario. No, I, I really. And the NFC, we didn't we didn't talk about Philly defending no. champs. We didn't talk about Atlanta, Green Bay. I mean, we barely talked to talk to We only just said Lambo. I don't think times. Green Bay's offensive line or defense can hang with these other teams to no, get, to I don't get there. I think Atlanta I Atlanta could figure this offense out. Yeah. If they could get to where they were a couple years ago and with Shanahan running it and the schedule. Yeah. The schedule might give them home games. Exactly I think that's the right. biggest advantage they, 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 they could make a run. So there's the NFC, there's it's probably loaded. six or seven yeah. teams that we could. There's something that could come out of yeah. NFC that we're not seeing. Yeah. The AFC. I, I, there's the, a much better chance the wild card team in the NFC makes Super Bowl than the AFC. Like, 100%. Oh God, yes. Not a chance at anybody. That's especially if that, especially that. if that guy happens to be Aaron Rodgers. One so other, they get one in other the wild card, they could mess around. One other scenario in the AFC people. that I could see 
is if the Houston Texans stay 100% healthy. Ooh, I like that pick, too. Strong I pick. don't see it happening. I don't see Deshaun Watson being the same guy which we've talked about. But if he can be, and that knee is okay, yeah. and they all stay healthy, I would not want to play them. That's yeah. a team that could go on the road and beat Jacksonville. That's a team that could go on the road and yeah. beat New England and get, a, get like a youthful hype that they played with. I don't think Deshaun Watson can play the same way with the same reckless abandon he played last year, but that'd be like the one other thing yeah, in the so AFC you, you that I could see. 60 games of that Deshaun Watson and a healthy defense, yes. Then they are what we just talked about with the Chargers. Yeah, they just yes. they yes. just haven't. J.J. Watt hasn't stayed healthy. and Deshaun Clowney hasn't stayed healthy. Jadavian Clowney hasn't stayed healthy. And Deshaun Watson is in prove-it mode to pretty much – I know everybody on this podcast – He's just getting so much freaking hype and well-deserved from the six games he played. But to Jamie's point, it was six games. And to my point, defensive coordinator saw what he did. He can't run. He's going to have to be a little bit more conservative. And he just can't play with that same reckless abandon. He had chip on his shoulder last year with nothing to lose. Yeah. At all. He could just. Do whatever he wanted. Right. That's what he was doing. I don't think he can do that. But that would be the the one other team that I could see maybe making a run. And end of the day. This should be a hell of an NFL season. Yeah, it yeah. should be. I should mean, be. a lot of good. I think a lot of good, good teams. Lot of really, there's good not players. a lot of really bad teams. No, like no. the Browns are going to be hard to beat. The no, Bears I mean, hard to beat. Yeah, the, Red the Bengals Skins. hard to beat. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. Oh, I think Tampa's hard to beat. Yeah. I know you guys are a little bit down, more down on than I am, but that's when Jameis gets back, they got some pieces. For sure, like they're not going to be. That's not a cakewalk. Listen, every NFL roster, when healthy, is about can all achieve eight and eight. Any given Sunday. And, but they all don't because right. it, not everybody stays healthy. Uh, and that's why we watch. Jake, give everybody your Twitter and your Instagram, how they can follow you. Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. Uh, at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at J-M-E Eisner on Instagram. And Jamie spelled J-A-I-M-E, yes. just so you know. Don't yes, Raiders that. fans. <laughs> <laughs> Send all your hate My Venmo way. is... <laughs> Uh, And I am at the underscore sports page. Have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.